0: Greetings, and welcome to the Get Hiking Southeast podcast. I'm Joe Miller, and I'll be leading this adventure. Why me? Why am I at the front of the pack? Well, for the last decade or so, I've been leading hikes and backpack trips in the Southeast, and for nearly three decades, I've been writing about adventure in the region as a newspaper columnist, guidebook author, and as a blogger. Our focus in the Get Hiking Southeast podcast, telling the stories of the hikers and the trails, especially those lesser-known trails in the southeastern United States. And now the news. We open with bear news, specifically news of where bears currently are especially active in the southeast. One spot, the Joyce Kilmer Slick Rock Wilderness of the Nantahala National Forest in far western North Carolina. Bear encounters there have led the National Forest Service to advise hikers to be especially careful on the following trails. Hale lead, Stratton bald, hangover lead, and hangover. This would appear to include the popular naked ground camping area, which is in the midst of these trails. While there have been no injuries reported, bears have been stealing food and backpacks. There's no mention of bear canisters being required, but it does seem like a good idea if you plan to backpack in the area. In the Cherokee National Forest in Tennessee, camping has been banned on the Appalachian Trail between Double Spring Shelter and the intersection with Backbone Rockside Trail. That's miles 451 through 464. This is due to multiple reports of aggressive bear activity and evidence of bears entering campsites and taking food. The McQueen's Knob Shelter and Abington Gap Shelter are both closed until further notice. Through hiking on the trail is still allowed. To avoid bear attacks, the National Forest Service recommends the following. If you have a dog on a leash... Keep it on a leash in areas where bears are reported. If you notice a bear nearby, pack your food and trash immediately and skedaddle ASAP. If a bear approaches, move away slowly. Do not run. If necessary, attempt to scare the bear away with loud shouts by banging pans together or throwing rocks and sticks at it. If you are attacked by a black bear, try to fight back using any object available. Act aggressively. And intimidate the bear by yelling and waving your arms. Playing dead is not appropriate. For more information on black bears and how to deal with them, the Forest Service has a Know Before You Go fact sheet on dealing with black bears. We'll include the link to that fact sheet in our show notes. Also, something to keep in mind while the smell of human urine repels some critters, rabbits, deer, groundhogs, and skunks to name a few, it does not repel bears. In fact, they find the aroma interesting and are attracted to interesting things. Again, just something to keep in mind. Next up we have some grim news from Dismal Swamp. Beginning June 14th, North Carolina's Dismal Swamp State Park will close for about six months to repair the bridge that allows entrance to the park. Paddlers will still be able to access the main canal via the boat launch at the end of Ballahack Road, or at Sawyer's Creek in Camden. And that is the news for this week. So there was a little break in the uh, foliage along the trail. I walked down to the water and Now I'm having a stare down with two alligators. They're they're a ways offshore. They're probably uh, 30 feet. And at first they were perpendicular to me. Now, suddenly, (laughs) I've noticed that they're facing me. About 12% of the United States is protected as natural area. That's roughly 456,000 square miles of the nation's total land mass of about 3.8 million square miles. Now, when most of us think of land set aside to protect nature, at least here in the southeast, we think of national parks, we think of national forests, we think of state parks. Yet nationwide, those three entities only account for about 10% of total land protected. What about those remaining 3.3 million square miles? Well... Out west, in particular, the Bureau of Land Management oversees a big chunk of protected lands. But a lot of the remaining land, especially here in the southeast, can be found in smaller, often much smaller, nature preserves. Some, especially those protected by the Nature Conservancy, you may be familiar with. For instance, the Nags Head Woods Ecological Preserve on North Carolina's Outer Banks, or their Brush Creek Preserve in West Virginia, or Virginia's Fortunes Cove Preserve, or Stumphouse Mountain in South Carolina. You might even be familiar with some of the lesser-known local preserves. Charlotte Mecklenburg Parks has 16 nature preserves. Locals are likely familiar with the McDowell and Reedy Creek preserves, perhaps not so much with the likes of Ribbonwalk or Clark's Creek. Still, With a bigger municipality such as Charlotte, they have a decent online presence, at least enough to identify the trailhead with a modest description of what the preserve is like, whether it actually has trails, for instance. And then there are the countless number of nature preserves, generally even smaller, that exist in virtual anonymity. They may have come about through a land donation or via federal funds to protect water resources. Beyond that, there may not have been much budget left for development or promotion. In some cases, they appear as little more than splotches of green on Google Maps, splotches identified with a name, and little more. Splotches that beg to be explored. Last year, at the beginning of the pandemic, I wrote a book called Explore Your Neighborhood, a guide to discovering the world around you. It's a small book with tips on how to find adventure, real adventure, out your front door. I used it when I found myself in Savannah, Georgia a couple weeks back with a day to kill, but no car to kill it with. On Google Maps, I located my hotel, then started looking for splotches of green. I found one a mile and a half walk from my hotel, a walk mostly on sidewalk and bike path. My only clues about the preserve, a name, the Al Bungard conservation area, an apparent entrance road, and four ponds. When I Googled Al Bungard, I learned only that it was one of four preserves in Chatham County, Georgia. That was it. But the promise of adventure, a 30 minute walk away was all I needed. I buttoned up my hotel room and started to walk. There is a deep wetland, heavily wooded wetland, off to the right. There's a lot of um, bald cypress back in there. And on the fringes, where it's a little bit higher, there's some water oak, some sugarberry, also seen some uh, blackberry bushes. The incidence of, oh my gosh, this is so gorgeous. The incidence of uh, Spanish moss is increasing. Ah. And thank heavens that this path continues. It's wide again. It's elevated because this wetland area right now is somewhat dry, but uh, you can tell that it is often pretty wet. Okay, coming up to a road. The road comes in from the opposite direction, and we are at the Albungard Conservation Area. Property of Chatham County, no dumping allowed. Chatham County uh, wetlands mitigation site, protected natural area, no trespassing. And I'm trust, I am trust they mean no trespassing through this, um, through the clear cut. Oh, you could, geez, you can see I-95. I'll bet it's less than a mile, mile and a half. No idea it was there. So dense back in here, park hours. 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Dogs must be on leash. So now we are officially entering the preserve. Alrighty, been on gravel road into the park for about, I don't know, half a mile maybe, and now it's coming to a cul-de-sac that looks like there's a gate, there's a parked SUV, guessing this might be where the trail starts. I guess there's trail. There was so little information on the website. Uh, Looks like the road does continue. Veers off to the left, trailhead marker off to the right. Okay, so yeah, there is a trailhead. And then off to the left, the road, uh, looks like it um, does a big circle. Uh, sign that says no swimming there is a oh it's a lake i was going to call it a pond but no no swimming and i can't i can't read the sign from here but i can make out that there is the drawing of an alligator so that's always a good no swimming deterrent i think even if they did that up in alaska in places they didn't want you to swim that um, it would be effective all right well there's a trail no information about the trail there's no kiosks here this is just good old adventuring, so we're gonna check it out. And here it goes from being gravel to a dirt path, although it looks fairly wide, at least at the, at the start. So there was a little break in the uh, foliage along the trail. I walked down to the water, and now I'm having a stare down with two alligators. They're, they're a ways offshore, they're probably 30 feet and at first they were perpendicular to me now suddenly (laughs) I have noticed that they're facing me I think they're just concerned about what I'm gonna do and I'm gonna keep moving because I don't want to disturb them and they're out of ways I don't know if they're together Um, but they're pretty cool basically you just see their their little eyes above the water their snout good day to be an alligator. Pretty warm out there. These alligators reminded me of the first time I ever saw alligators in the wild. It was on a ranger-led paddle trip on Mill Creek in the Alligator River National Wildlife Preserve. And there were, I don't know, maybe ten of us in kayaks on this trip and we'd been on the water for about 20 minutes and Mill Creek is pretty wide. We were in the middle and somebody said, how come we don't see any alligators? It's the Alligator River Wildlife, National Wildlife Refuge. And the ranger said, "Uh, come on over here. Let's paddle up, raft up, we're gonna drift over to the left here but not too far and I want you just to sit and to watch that the water on the far side watch those logs so we wrapped it up and we started watching the logs and after about minute minute and a half one of the logs blinked <laughs> and somebody went huh! and then another one blinked and pretty soon we had counted about 20 blinking logs. So, you think it's a log? Check it out. See if it blinks. If it blinks, it's not a log. Okay, passed over a wooden bridge that briefly went out over the water. Didn't really help with seeing any alligators but it was it was cool and just passed a small picnic shelter a couple of tables give you a little bit of relief at least from the uh, um, a little bit of relief from the Sun yep. Thought I saw a log and indeed it is a log So when you first come in and the road splits, it splits into two main directions. I just came back from looping the lake uh, on the split that goes to the right. The split to the left appears to go maybe around another part of the same lake. Um, maybe where the bridge crossed, there is also Um, Off to the far left here, there is another picnic shelter. It's a ways in, and it looks like they're trying to keep you from getting there because there is uh, debris that's piled up. There is a kiosk with no information on it. And, yeah, it's truly, truly a wild area with access but not a lot of information. So the preserve is a great example of saving some space, making it accessible, but not getting um, over-concerned with the bells and whistles that will bring in people who may not have the keen appreciation for a spot like this. Maybe you're just looking to have a picnic Um, you could do that here, but there are probably better places. But if you want to have a wild experience, um, without the prospect of getting lost, or at least too lost, these nature preserves are perfect. Perfect indeed. Because often, these found adventures, these adventures you discover when you had little expectation of finding one, can be among the best. You don't need a lot of space to have a great adventure. I'm guessing the Al-Bungard conservation area is, what, maybe 100 acres? And it needn't be an all-day affair. I spent maybe an hour and a half there. But it gave me the chance to stare down a couple of alligators, to go man a gator as it were, something that I just can't do in the Piedmont. I won't soon forget my visit with Al Bungard, an unlikely escape located just off I-95 near Savannah's Airport Hotel Alley. To help you find similar adventures in your neighborhood or the neighborhood where you happen to find yourself, remember that Google Maps is your friend. We'll also include a link to Explore Your Neighborhood, a guide to discovering the world immediately around you, in our show notes that's our show for this week i hope you liked it and that you'll be back in the meantime a reminder that the get hiking southeast podcast is a part of the get hiking and get backpacking universe where instead of just telling you about great places to go we take you there coming up we have in june this month we have our first big trip of the season a four-day three-night 35-mile trip the vaunted virginia triple crown Yep, McAfee Knob, Tinker Cliffs, and the Dragon's Tooth all in one trip, not to mention a great slew of views along the way. This trip is June 24th through the 27th and includes a training component for those who worry they aren't in shape for a 35-mile trip that gains more than 8,500 vertical feet. We've scheduled our first backpack trip in nearly two years on that iconic stretch of the Appalachian Trail in North Carolina and Tennessee, the 14 miles between Carver's Gap and US-19 East. The trip starts over Jane and Round Balds and tops Hump and Little Hump Mountains for some of the best views in the region, shuttle and showers included. That trip is July 16th through the 18th. In August, in hot, steamy August, we will be exploring the cool waters of the Wilson Creek area of the Pisgah National Forest. This is a base camp backpack trip. We'll hike in a mile Friday afternoon and establish base camp near Huntfish Falls. On Saturday, we'll hike the Lost Cove Trail and spend some time frolicking in the frosty waters of Grag Prong. Sunday, we head over to South Harper Falls and Harper Creek for more day hiking and water fun. We've also scheduled our first Get Hiking Weekend Hiking Escape of 2021. 20- From our base camp at the Curtis Creek Campground in the Pisgah National Forest near Old Fort, North Carolina, we'll do a pair of 8-mile out-and-backs exploring some of the oldest forests in the Pisgah. That trip is July 9th through 11th. If you're not a backpacker but would like to be, we have two openings left in our Get Backpacking Intro to Backpacking class, which begins this week. This three-part course includes a Zoom gear session, a five-hour infield training session, and a three-day, two-night graduation trip to North Carolina's South Mountain State Park. You can learn more about these adventures and everything else we do at GetGoingNC.com. Click on Explore With Us. If you like what we're doing here at the Get Hiking Southeast podcast, please do leave a review with the podcast vendor from whom you receive this weekly communication. And if you don't like it, or if you have some constructive criticism, or perhaps a topic for an upcoming episode, drop us a line at joe at getgoingnc.com. That's joe at getgoingnc.com. Until we meet again, get out and explore.